this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Oh, sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. and welcome to the second episode this week of It's a Fandom Thing. We are going to be continuing our Pride Month episodes with a discussion of the very, very problematic trope, queer baiting, which we have mentioned before on the show. So we're going to be talking a lot about that, um, Some give some examples. Um, so it should be an interesting discussion. And again, I want to mention before we get into um, the heart of the show, I want to again bring up that we are going to be doing fundraising for Black Lives Matter. We're going to be choosing hopefully some organizations that are not getting as much attention because um, what's great about right now is there are some organizations that are getting flooded with donations and they're getting so many that some of them have asked for people to focus on other organizations. So I'm going to try and do that, um, research that, and, and with the help of other people find um, some great ones to donate to so with the help of some of our um, panelists and stuff and we also will be doing we're hoping to be doing an auction and auctioning off various uh, fandom related items and other items as well um, we have one item that's been offered that is has been signed by the Supernatural cast and Supernatural will be mentioned in this episode um, so that, that that is a very good item as well Um great other things have been offered as well um, and hoping to get some more auction items in that will be something that will be probably more further down the road because trying to organize that but we will uh, my goal is to and maybe even by the time this has dropped to have our patreon account going um, and because I'd like to get that going so we can set up something where people are making monthly donations um, because we're going to be taking all of our donations to our Patreon account and going to be submitting them to charity at least through September 1st is my goal on that. Um, and we will have a great little offering with that for our Patreon subscribers. We're going to have a very special episode where at random we're going to pick four uh, Patreon subscribers to be on the show. So that will be something that is also in the works. I just want to give everybody a heads up on this. But even before we do that still go out like i said sign petitions make donations if you can go to protests go to protests um just like i said call out racism call out microaggressions do everything we can for black lives matter right now it's very important that we speak out it's very important that we don't don't just focus on this for a week and then go back to life as normal this is something that we need to keep on top of we need to keep fighting for uh justice so you know so let's let's keep the fight up Okay, so let's get into queer bait. Oh, well, oh, sorry, I did it again. Um, <laughs> let's first have um, our panelists, our one single panelist, Sarah Alder, introduce herself and tell me one thing that you're into right now in pop culture. Oh, uh, yes. Hi, thank you for having me on again and again and again. Um, <laughs> this is fun. Uh, panel of one. I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yeah, my name is Sarah Alder. I live here in Aurora, Colorado, and um, I've been, I think it's important for this podcast to really, uh, especially this month, to say that um, I've been out of the closet since I was uh, 15, and um, <clears throat> I've been very proud to be out in various ways at work and in the military and other areas of my life, and uh I'm grateful that we can have some good conversations going uh, on about the LGBTQ community and how we can definitely how we can support Black Lives Matter and move forward. Um, so yeah, my uh, 
what am I in, into now? Apparently now I'm really into uh, doing podcasts instead of listening to podcasts. <laughs> so that's, that's a new thing for me and I'm, I'm enjoying that immensely. Um, yeah, definitely something I really enjoy and, um, shows or, or music that I'm listening to. Um, one of my favorite artists that comes out with a new song pretty much every other week is the Polish ambassador. He's really cool. He's, uh, he actually does a lot of, um, activism and volunteering anywhere he goes on his tours. So if he comes to Denver or Boulder or anything like that, he always spends a whole day volunteering and giving back to the community, which I really love about him. So everywhere he goes, he's making an impact. So I love his music. It's really amazing on top of that um and shows i'm still watching the vikings i'm not done with that and um i think i'm i'm, I'm actually inspired to rewatch the l word again so i can actually i can watch the new series that uh, relaunched in response to people wanting it to come back so it'll be fun awesome and i'm glad to have you um, on and to have had you on on quite a few episodes. Um, I think you're a great panelist. So thank you for being on and thank you for saying what you said um, in the beginning. So thank you. Um, and what I'm into, I'm going to recommend um, a couple of things here. These are things that I've probably mentioned on the podcast before, but I think it's also good at this time to support um, black artists, black films, uh, black made entertainment. Um, I think that's another way to really support the community. Um, and so I want to recommend, because you can watch this right now for free on Shudder, which I've talked about Shudder before a million times, because I just, I love that streaming network. Um, and it's a documentary that I think you can even watch it if you're not into horror, to be honest. Um, but it's called Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror. And so it just takes a look at the history of um, black horror films and the role that African-Americans in the film genre and the role of African-Americans in the film genre from the very beginning. Sorry, excuse me. I was reading the description there. Um, and it's just, it's very interesting. They talk about um, everything from just the beginning of film uh, to uh, it kind of ends right around the time of Get Out coming out because that's kind of when I think they were filming it. But it's just, it's a very, very fascinating documentary. Um, talking about representation and um, and it's just it's, and horror films in general. So if you are a fan of horror films as well, it's very 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 interesting. So I highly recommend that. And like I said, you can stream it for free on Shutter without even a subscription. Right now, they're offering it for free. So I recommend that. But um, I also recommend just getting Shutter in general. They have a lot of great shows and documentaries and films and stuff on there. Um, and another one I want to recommend. I've recommend this ad nauseum on this podcast i know but i'm still going to recommend it again <laughs> to remind everybody that on hulu right now one of the best films from last year loose l-u-c-e is available to stream it's still on hulu um it in my opinion it's the best performance octavia spencer has ever given and she is a fabulous actor she should have been given a million awards for that performance and as i've said before kelvin harrison jr is a brilliant brilliant actor and he gives one of the best performances of the decade in loose and then also i've mentioned his performance in waves before as well so i highly recommend checking that movie out on hulu Okay, so let's get into queer baiting. And before we start discussing it, I'll just give a definition if you don't know what it is. Um, and this is the definition from Wikipedia, and this is kind of the same definition you can find other places as well. But queer baiting is a marketing technique for fiction and entertainment in which creators hint at, but then do not actually depict same-sex romance or other LGBTQ representation. They do so to attract bait, a queer or straight ally audience with the suggestion of relationships or characters that appeal to them while at the same time attempting to avoid alienating other consumers. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's very, very problematic. It's basically here, we're going to bait you in and we're never, ever, ever going to deliver on this relationship. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's really kind of despicable, honestly. Um, so, I know, Sarah, before we started this, you told me that you weren't familiar with this term, correct? You hadn't heard yes, and, and that was kind of surprising mm -hmm. with my background in sociology and diversity and, and 
pretty well read on a lot of things. And so it was surprising to, to know that this was going, this is something that happens in our, in our media, but it does not surprise me. And I think uh, just based upon the definitions, I think that probably can be portrayed in a lot of ways as bromance between two guys or yeah. like it, it, various ways. So I don't think this term has really been utilized um back when I was in college and that was about 2000 about 10 years ago so <laughs> it's kind of evolved so um not up to date on everything but I definitely have something to say <laughs> yeah yeah it's and you know it, it's been going on for decades and decades and decades so it's like right. it, it's not new it's just I think people are talking about it more I became aware of the term queer baiting more I I will be honest when I started watching Supernatural because um, and I just want to get into this one because I think this is one of the biggest examples of queer baiting and that is the relationship of Dean Winchester and Castiel the angel Um, and if you really look at that relationship um, their relationship parallels a romantic relationship in so many different ways. There are so many things they do that you will see in a straight relationship. So much of that, uh, you know, go, going from enemies to lovers trope is very prevalent in theirs. A lot of times you will see in the show Supernatural, you'll see a heterosexual relationship going through a lot of the same things that Dean and Cass are, except for with the heterosexual when they actually consummate the relationship. Whereas with Dean and Cass, they never do. So it's this very, you know, it's, 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 it's one of the most popular ships out there are is Dean and Cass. <laughs> um, I used to ship them for a time. I stopped for different reasons. I stopped because I'm, I'm a huge Dean Winchester fan. As I've mentioned before, he's my all time favorite fictional character and I didn't like the fact that a lot of people that ship them have issues with Dean like didn't like Dean Winchester as much so that kind of um, turned me off to the ship in general um, but I have actually written fanfic for Dean and Cass <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's interesting because every once in a while I get a notification that someone's liked that fanfic that I wrote like in 2015 I believe so yeah so so they're one of the, the biggest ones. And I know you, you've watched Supernatural. Yes. Um, so do you recognize that as, I mean, even though the term's new to you, but do you recognize that as a queer baiting relationship? I I would have to say so. Now, now that you've described it a little bit more contextually for me, I, I actually would notice in a lot of different media platforms what would actually be what I would say is homoeroticism. Mm-hmm. Um, so where it's, there's like this homosexual tension between characters, but not necessarily, like you say, it, it consummation of any, any sort. It doesn't come to fruition. And another really good, I can bring another really good example is between uh, Zena and the warrior princess mm-hmm. and her, uh, what's her name? Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Yeah. So th- that's, it's the implied relationship and so you can feel the tension and so yeah so I've seen it I this is just a new term for for what um you're describing um but yeah there's (laughs) I, I never really thought of that when looking at Cass and um uh Dean but I, now that you describe it, I definitely see it a little bit. There's like this, uh, I'm going to rescue you and be your, your pert knight in shining armor type dynamic. And, and, and it's uh, definitely the portrayal of butch versus more effeminate, um, touchy feely type dynamic that Cass has. And so it, it's that balance. And so that might be, um some connection between both of them needing that in each other and so it does create that sense of romance between the two characters Mm -hmm. yeah and they very much i mean they even have you know they've even had 
references to such as such as them being Thelma and Louise um, in the show. They reference that. They and and the big thing you will see with queer baiting in the show is you'll have other characters in the show make jokes about it. Make jokes about like like in Supernatural, you have one angel. Um, Balthazar, I believe it is, who says mm-hmm. to Dean, you're confusing me with the other angel, you know, the one in the brown trench coat that's in love with you. Um, you have all these little things that they put out there, you know, like uh, you have Meg once say to Dean, well, he was your boyfriend first. Um, you have a whole storyline in season eight where they went to purgatory mm-hmm. uh, together Dean right. gets out, and Dean is grieving the loss of Cass, and he feels like he right. sees him everywhere. And you, and it's very much presented in a romantic way. I mean, as um, <clears throat> one of our panelists in our, our shipping episode, when they were talking about Dean and Cass, mentioned, you know, you literally have, when Cass first comes in, you literally have him coming in with fireworks practically like I'm the redeemed <laughs> yeah and here I am in, in front of you Dean and and you know they talk about their profound bound and they have a lot of jokes about personal space and mm-hmm. uh, and you know the, the big thing with Dean Winchester overall that a lot of people in the community um, are upset about is they always view him as, as being bisexual and people have viewed him as being bi since the beginning of the series right. before cast came along and a mm-hmm. lot of people in the community there have been a lot of people that have said you know dean helped me come out um you know i, I relate to that character and also talk about how impactful it would be to have that character come out of the closet you know and how right. which sadly i mean i do not at all foresee that happening and no um yeah, and I think a lot of that is because they're the the writers are too scared to do that. To be honest, yeah, um, I think they would they would lose their whole entire fan base if they did that. Even I think going to the queer baiting like it it keeps people in the LGBTQ community a little bit interested and intrigued about the mystery of ooh, what if. You know, um, like the the dream boy that 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 goes goes turns gay. You know, that's a a gay fantasy, but they're not going to do that to that character because he personifies a very sex driven heterosexual cisgender male through and through. <laughs> so. Um, just completely annihilating his identity as that would not be beneficial to the character or the show. So I can't imagine they would. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and I mean, they've, you know, a lot of people have left the show because they're sick of the queer baiting. There have been, and there, and there are a lot of criticisms um, towards the actors, uh, primarily Jensen Ackles, not really Mm -hmm. Misha Collins, because I will say, and and this is my viewpoint, I think Misha Collins plays into the queer baiting a lot. I think he baits the the viewers in panels. If you watch panels, he's uh, very baity, in my opinion. I think he Mm -hmm. does that. I know a lot of people that are, are shippers love that he what he says and that he, they're like, yes, he sees it too. Um, Because he said, and I, I believe this is actually true that there are actually lines in the scripts where they say, and now they, I fuck each other. Um, oh which, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> hello. And and, right. and that's, that's what the actors have said. I, I never seen a script of it, so I can't verify that for sure, <laughs> but I would not be surprised because of some right. of the stuff the writers have said as well. Um, but for instance, Jensen Ackles famously at a, convention a long time ago a person got up and was talking and said you know i think this was about season eight and said mm-hmm. it's been really amazing to watch your character growing and changing and 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 they said as 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 a bisexual female it's been very empowering to see this and a lot of the audience booed her really? and yes it's it's out there i, I may be quoting it wrong so i apologize but yeah it's it's uh you can find it pretty easily the video of it and then Jensen Ackles says oh let's not ruin it for everybody let's not ruin it and um it's it's been something that 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 really really hurt the community a lot because Mm -hmm. 
instead of accepting that somebody else viewed him a different way than he does, because he's very, he very much has said every time anyone asks, he's like, nope, Dean's straight, Dean's straight. I don't see what you're talking about, Dean's straight, Dean's straight. But I, but I mean, I think he does see it. I think he's, I think he's got that um, hetero fear. Honestly, he's got that male fear of being thought of as being gay or anything like that. I think, I think that's a lot of what it is with him. Um, So that's another reason I honestly think it won't happen is I think, um, and I've had lots of different viewpoints on this, but now my viewpoint is on it is that I think Jensen Ackles would not allow it to happen um, because Mm -hmm. of that fear in himself. So, right. Yeah. 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 It's very, it's, it's very interesting. It's a very, sad thing just because you hear so many people saying how important that character is to them for those reasons and Mm -hmm. to not ever be able to have that um the pain of it um so before we talk about a lot of the hurt um we'll talk about some more examples because there's examples galore um there's of Mm -hmm. course sherlock in the most recent sherlock you've got um watson sherlock and watson yeah it's a big one Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know another recent one, and this is another CW show. I think CW has a big issue with this, honestly, um, is on Supergirl. You've got Kara Danvers and Lena Luther, I guess, is, is a big one. Right. Um, yeah. There's also Teen Wolf had one. Um, and I know there are a bunch more. There's uh, the show 911 is another one that's mentioned a lot. Um, the character of Buck and Eddie. Um, and I'm not too familiar with that show, but I know that that's, that's another one. Um, mm. There's been ones in film as well. There's Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes is a big one in film. Um, are there, are there any uh, ones that you can think of that you've noticed through the years, even old ones? Oh, let's see. Uh, definitely Xena, the warrior princess. I know I was rooting for her on that one <laughs> a long yeah. time. Um, God. I'm sure there's so many more, and then I, I it, of course, because it's it's such an underlying and undertone of behavior of characters, we don't really put a big pin in it and notice that and like keep it there. But uh, I would really have to think about some movies. Um, uh, yeah, I I can't think of anything right off the top of my head other than that one. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean. It's a lot where I think it's so kind of sadly, it's something that we're so used to seeing that, you know, yes. when someone brings up the example, you go, oh, yeah, that is, that is. Yeah, you're exactly. totally, totally. That's one right there. That's when, I mean, they're just so close to being, I mean, if it was a man and a woman, they'd be together, that kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know there's, a, I mean, there's even going back to, um, I think there was even some of that where, where people would even say that with, um, oh my God, facts of life, I think was even one that people might've said that for. Okay. Um, yeah. So even, I mean, just little things that it's always kind of, kind of been there and people don't really want to say it or, um, I want to mention really quickly, let me just look this up. So I'm, I'm saying it accurately, but there was, um, queer coding was another big thing that was used a lot. Um, let me see here. And that's basically like the subtextual portrayal of a queer character in the media whose identity is not explicitly confirmed within mm-hmm. canon. Um, and I know sometimes it's, it's, it's similar to that of queer baiting, um, but queer coding, queer coding is somewhat if, of a neutral trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, yeah, so it's a little bit different. Um, and I think some people have defended that as being a little bit better than queer baiting but i think they both have their issues because it's 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 basically the way of 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 going to that line and then not wanting to cross it Um, like giving a little bit it's like giving a little bit of a taste of something and then not fulfilling that which is why it's so problematic Um, especially now i think the fact that it still happens is Mm -hmm. you know shows you that even though we've come a long way there's still a long way to go Um, right 
Yeah, I, I I did a quick search while you were talking to see if there were some other ones that came to light. One of them that I think is really profound to call out, Interview with a Vampire. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, yes, that is definitely one where there was a lot of homoerotic tension. And, and it even calls out the, mov- the movie 300. And oh. but that also gets into a lot of historical context when it comes to homoeroticism and how it is used as a way to um, take younger generation soldiers to um, be with them and and basically obtain their virility. And um, so it's it I think it's been around for quite a long time historically. But like you were saying it has become such a norm and under, kind of an undertone tongue-in-cheek type of, type of um, modality in media that we don't pay attention to it and it's not long-lasting, but it doesn't mean it isn't creating damage for the queer community. So it's like, and I, th- and I think as, as a whole, especially in our media, we have learned to accept it as is, especially if it's not consummated or it comes to full fruition it's it's okay but it might also be a tool where um the uh media is trying to use it to uh convey uh lgbt relationships without being blatantly lgbtq or they're trying to obtain a specific additional uh, demographic of the LGBTQ community by getting them to be like, oh, I heard so and so like was in this semi homoerotic relationship in the Marvel mo- movies or uh, other comics and stuff like that. So it's it's baiting for both sides. That's how I'd see it. Yeah, yeah, see that. Yeah, and it. I mean, it even goes. Um, there's even an example of like even in songs like Katy Perry's song I Kissed a Girl right um raised a lot of concerns um among people um saying that she was uh, appropriating the gay lifestyle um and I don't I don't know if you if you viewed that viewed it that way or not but it's yeah it's 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 interesting that it, it permeates every kind of every form of media books everything yeah and and I think it's easier for um, society to accept the lesbian dynamics, like we said in our previous podcast. Like it's easier to accept the lesbian dynamics because it's more comfortable for men, and it's less of a threat to <clears throat> any kind of relationship if it's not male. Um, and again, it's through the lens of a heterosexual male, um, and, and their perspective of what is erotic. And so it's, I think it's, um, pushing the boundaries of sexuality without having to put, make the straight people feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thinking about um, Katy Perry's song that I know that that was also in response to a lot of the LGBT activism during that time frame. Um, when did that uh, song come that out? That song came out 2008. 2008. So mm-hmm. I think that was really big for... Um, probably the, the bisexual community where they can actually get a little bit more um, perspective of what it was that it's okay. It's going to happen. She's straight, but she kissed a girl. And, but that all, that also discredits the, the uh, bisexual community as well as them being flippant and then like, Ooh, I'm so excited. I kissed a girl. Like we, we put so much stock in our um, experiences of exploration with other people that we either condemn ourselves for it or we glorify ourselves for it so it's this weird 
back and forth of like, oh God, I don't want to talk about that time in college when I slept with a dude and, you know, I don't want to admit that I liked it, but I did and, but I don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, I think with a lot of the, the queer baiting and, and using that in various modalities, it, it panders to the white, uh, I don't want to say white, but the, the male heterosexual dynamic, but also it glorifies um, lesbianism in, in some ways or another. So her, her song kind of hits both sides of the spectrum. And um, as much as it's fun to, to listen to that song, the undertone and, and experience of that is discrediting to the LGBT community. So yeah. it's... I never thought I'd go so <laughs> dive into my music <laughs> and what it means. And now I'm like questioning my uh, musical taste <laughs> this time. There's a lot, there, there's a lot to be said that for that with music though. You know, I mean, there's right. so many hidden meanings in songs and so many songs that you listen to that, you know, came out maybe in like the sixties and fifties and some of the lyrics right. are like, Whoa. <laughs> you Exactly. Oh my God, that is so problematic. You know, it's it's very interesting, but yeah, right. in general, I like that. Um, but yeah, th- that's the big thing is the hurt that it causes the community, and I th- and I think a lot of people don't realize that the people that are behind these shows or the people that write mm-hmm. for them, I don't think a lot of times they do, um, or if they do, they don't know exactly what to do about that. Um, because, you know, it's it's basically it's being like, OK, we're going to use you to be to draw our num- make our numbers go higher. Right. We're going to use you for that, you know, for capitalism. Basically, we're going to use you to make money. We're going to use you to become successful. But we're not going to give you anything in return. We're not going to satisfy that the need right. that you have. We aren't going to do what we should be doing, which is making these relationships canon and making them actually happen. And instead we're just going to use you and use you and use you and use you and use you mm-hmm. until either you get fed up and pissed and leave. And then by that time they might already have a big audience or, or we're just going to do that until the show ends. And then, you know, or maybe we'll kill off one of the characters or maybe right. we'll actually, you know, the other thing that might happen and this isn't, this is kind of along the same lines, but not wife but the other problem that people have that 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 can happen um outside of queer baiting is then you get a couple together and then you have um the trope of burying your gays which is killing killing a gay character or having the relationship never go to fruition i know a big one was uh, i never watched the show but i know on the 100 that happened they have a character Mm -hmm. on there that's bisexual and she had a relationship with this woman and they killed her off um Yeah. So it's very much it. So, you know, it's just a, there's a lot of problematic tropes that media does with. The yeah. Community. And you you can you can definitely tie that to how. So it's, it really sounds like they are leveraging whatever minority group they can leverage to yes. get a specific response and then just mm-hmm. dismiss it completely. So we do that not just with the with the with the queer community. We also do that with black culture too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing to touch on right now during this time is how we will use hip hop. We will use specific icons in the black community to leverage our power and strength or whatever, but dismiss it as soon as it meets our need. And that's that's a systemic uh, issue that we have throughout media and uh, our news and like entertainment as a whole even the sports industry we leverage our black community excessively especially in football and basketball where like oh he's black and so he's he's like amazing at this sport but everybody else doesn't matter but we're going to leverage his or her blackness just to perpetuate the need we want for our sports industry Uh, because they're the exception they're the exception and it's okay for that to happen and then so it's it's a horrible way that we have leveraged minority cultures even in music music when you when you think about blues and jazz and how 
uh, even rock was stolen yep. from the black community and hip hop wasn't even kept completely as the black community. We have white people that are emerging into, uh, into the black community when it comes to hip hop. And so one of the examples is Eminem or um, there's a couple of other artists, but they have been fervent in their activity and participation of the black community and have basically earned their right of passage to some degree but our whole entire history has been based around stealing from minority cultures and yep. so this is definitely a way that we can steal that the media has stolen the queer identity to leverage more money for their for their gain mm -hmm. exactly yeah and then like I said, there's no return. There's no, there's no support. There's no um, help Absolutely. there behind that. Like, like with talking about football and black football players, you know, it's like, okay, we're behind you. And then, oh no, you can't take a knee. You can't take a knee and, and peacefully protest, protest right. violence. You can't do that. We're not going to be behind you. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's very troubling. We appropriate so much, so much in this world. White society does that so much. So yeah, for yeah, and, and, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, that's um, fine. Yeah, going back to Kaepernick, who, um, who did take a knee, it's like the sports industry basically said, we gave you this badge of white privilege mm -hmm. for you to participate in our sport, and you are mocking us and our country for taking a knee and standing up for your race you're you're an honorary white person what are you doing so that's how i i, I see that dynamic and i can see how that would uh, play out in the queer community too like oh we gave you your three seconds of homoeroticism mm -hmm. and your fame in this show you should be happy for what i give you and that's that's not true that's that's not appropriate that's not an a, appropriate use of power and so i'm glad that we're ta talking about this like like i said especially during black lives matter because this is this is a cultural systemic issue that needs to be completely eradicated and and i don't i, I don't I'm, i don't have the answers as to how but i know the why and 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 um, what it could look like if we drop a lot of these uh, discriminatory practices in every aspect of our society. And that's a huge, I don't even want to say culture shift, that's a whole generational existence change. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is what is necessary to make everything equal at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and you know, one thing, um, bring back to queer baiting one, one thing you will notice some of these shows do. And I, I, I don't mean to solely focus on supernatural, but I think that's one of the biggest examples of this. Yeah. You go to, go to uh, what you know. It's, yeah. It's really um, but, but you know, like you'll see with supernatural, they'll have characters on like Charlie. Mm -hmm. Um, they had, um, the cosplayers in season Four um, at the convention, oh, that, the yeah, supernatural book that yeah. that were that were Dean and Sam, and they were actually a couple in real life. So, Which so is super you'll, cute. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have those, and I think the way the writers view it is, oh, well, we're giving you this morsel with these characters. So what are you talking about? We don't have representation. Right. We have representation, of course. Most of those characters are side characters, or they die, um, or they're brutally murdered for man pain. Um, in the right. case some of them but you know it's it's so it's it's like they feel like okay well we can get away with it now because we are giving you that representation so you can't accuse us of queer baiting anymore because we are doing it so it's it's this weird thing where it's like we're just going to keep trying to use you and keep trying to draw you in and keep trying to use you and then we'll hurt you again and then but then we'll we'll try and put a salve on that wound and bring in this yeah. character but then we're going to hurt you again it's it's yeah right yeah it's it's very much you described a very abusive relationship yeah and we we accept what we tolerate and so when we get to a point where we will no longer tolerate this we will have 
and systemic changes and um like it's it's incredibly painful for us to be pulled in like oh i'm gonna use you it feels like affirmative action just because oh well we have to hire at least one black person to to make our our numbers to satisfy the status quo and then once we've reached that we're good no we're, we're not being inclusive for inclusivity's sake we're being inclusive because it's required to maintain a specific image about their um whether it be music or media or or entertainment industry or sports industry period mm-hmm. and it's it's definitely the wrong way to go about it um again i don't have the whole systemic solution um but i know i know it's damaging i know it's um hurtful to all the minority communities not just the queer community and we see it in people of color indigenous people we see it in um, elderly we see it in the veteran community even i mean there's so many different communities that get baited in a particular way that is damaging to their community and the white male christian (laughs) anglo-saxon yeah people are the ones who benefit or the people who opt in with those people that do not want to acknowledge the damage it causes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the people no, that are, what, what is the word I'm thinking of? The people that are uh, complicit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, that's very good. Yeah. It's like, you'll see a lot right now. You see a bunch of corporations coming out and saying, you know, we stand with black lives matter and you'll see a lot of people say, okay, well then, you know, you said this before you said something that wasn't you know that was racist or might have been racist or, or might have been a microaggression or something like that or or okay well if you are you know a studio and you believe that then why don't you have more black writers on your staff why don't you have more people you know in the community on your staff why don't you have you know more representation why don't you have more black women why don't you have you know that that kind of thing so it's like mm-hmm. it's performative it's like okay we're going to say we stand behind you but that's all talk. That's like, you know, right. when I said in the beginning of one of our other episodes is, you know, it, you can post, you know, Black Lives Matter. You can post that hashtag. But what are you doing other than just posting a hashtag? You know, right. are you are you signing stuff? Are you speaking out when you see stuff? Are you are you you know, if, if you are in power, if you have that kind of say in the entertainment industry, what are you doing to make a difference, to make a change? And that's why I think it's important that we have shows like Pose, which, Mm -hmm. you know, Pose ensured that they were hiring trans actors to play characters. And that is revolutionary. It shouldn't be, but it is revolutionary because people don't always do that, you know, and and representation matters. Being able to see yourself matters. I mean, you you know, we've asked so many communities for so long to relate to characters that they that aren't them that they don't you know to be able to see themselves in characters that don't look like them um you know that might not be that might be straight or anything like that and we've asked that mm-hmm. so much and yet we have not been willing to do the same thing um for so long and that's what really needs to change and i think queer baiting is just another example of that you know that needs that needs to change because that it's just this wave. It's just disgusting, really. I mean, it's just right. absolutely despicable to do that. But yeah, so that needs to change. Yeah, I think I think one of the um, the movies that I can say that were kind kind of queer baiting, but not at the same time, is Brokeback Mountain. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it baits people in, but it also teaches the gay community to hide who they are because of the specific stereotypes and stigmas of being a cowboy rancher in the middle of Wyoming, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that that's an interesting one where you actually see them consummate it, but it's, it's a constant denial of who they are and, and, um, there's this, there is this constant tension anytime they see each other. Um, you can see it, you can feel it, you can, it's, it's tangible, but it's, I would, I would definitely consider that queer baiting too. 
Oh, that's very that's very interesting because I would have never thought of that. But that's that's an interesting point. And we're definitely, you know, I have on my list that we're going to talk about that film in general at some point. Right. Because I remember when that film came out, came out, I was actually living in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> for a year, which is, yeah. And I remember seeing it, but I saw it in a packed theater. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember watching it and sitting next to a guy and tour. And I mean, that movie is, you know, really really painful watch it's, it's, and it's, it's powerful very, very yeah. yeah i mean heath ledger's performance is just beyond right. words. but and i remember just feeling his emotion through the whole movie this guy sitting next to me who i didn't know and then him being so like just completely broken down at the end mm-hmm. uh, and sobbing and in tears and you know, it's just an interesting experience to watch that movie in a state that was that's so much more red than Colorado. Right. Um, but it was it was interesting also that it was like I saw it a couple of times in the theater out there and it was every time it was a packed audience. So that was always really interesting, too. But, yeah, that's I had never really thought of that movie as that way. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll get into that more. We we are going to do an episode. Our final episode is going to be talking about representation in film and the his, mm-hmm. and um, the future of representation. So we'll definitely probably touch on that one for sure. I'm yeah. sure that's most well known movie probably. I mean, yeah, and and I th- I think that was um, yeah. We we'll, I'll I'll skip my comments on that. I'm sure that would be more appropriate for that, <laughs> for that podcast. But yeah. I no, don't want to go down a rabbit hole. Okay, um, that's but very yeah, they, they, yeah, they. Uh, I think there was some queer baiting there, but it was still stuck on the like. I know it was telling a very specific story about these two men that have a lifelong romance that they only get to um, experience a couple times, once a year, or maybe two times a year. But it's, um, but it's also that denial about queer existence and so that's why I say it's kind of queer baiting yeah yeah that's no that's very yeah because they never really stay together they're never really Mm -hmm. fully together but I mean they consummate but they don't they don't get to be together and be happy they have to go back and live their double lives yes and one of them is brutally killed so yes you have that on top of it as well so yeah, yeah. and the other one <laughs> is so so has so much internal hatred for himself that it right yeah yeah that's a very pain yeah now i kind of want to i own it so i should watch it and just see it through that that lens because i i i don't know i just had never really thought but that's that's a very good point on that one yeah well if you want to do a watch party i'm happy to do a watch party <laughs> on that one <laughs> yeah we should i wonder if that's on any i'm sure it's on a streaming service right now but yeah we'll have to look into that yeah cool okay um well no that's 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 sorry i'm just really and i really want to rewatch that movie um <laughs> um is there are there any other examples you want to touch on or anything else um, with the hurt that it causes um, in the community or or in the industry even? Um, is there um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's. I think everybody when it when it comes to borrowing from other people's culture and leveraging it and mocking it, everybody hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into this this behavior of complacency because like well that's that's how it is that's how it's always been and what are we going to do to change it we can't change big brother or big corporations and that may or may not be true but we should definitely continue um, advocating for positive representation that is um going to be impactful and meaningful instead of derogatory and damaging to any community. So Mm -hmm. um, you could probably say the same thing about um, the disability community too. Uh, That's also um, one of the communities that is very underrepresented Mm -hmm. in in media. And um, I think the only one person who is acceptable in the media platform when it comes to a uh, person who is disabled is um oh god 
course, Stephen Hawking. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has ALS uh, or even Superman, you know, he was a quadriplegic. So um, if there's specific significant people of power and influence, uh, then it's okay to represent them and, and, and acknowledge that they are contributing members of society. But I mean, I've never seen... I don't think I've ever really seen a, a show or a movie with somebody with Down syndrome or other things, unless I'm, there is one show. No, there, there's, there's a movie, there is. There's, there's a movie that came out last year. That's called the okay. peanut butter. That's called the peanut butter. Yes. Falcon. Yeah. Peanut butter and, Falcon. That was an amazing movie. I love yes, that one, but yes. we shouldn't be in 2020 just exactly. barely representing <laughs> the, the disability exactly. community. I mean, there's movies about the disability movement where even um, in the in the 70s, late 70s, people could be arrested. It, it was basically called the ugly law in California, that if you were too ugly and too disabled to be in public, you could be arrested for that. Um, so there, there's, there's a huge disparaging um, history for so many minority communities that have been stolen from and misrepresented in movies and cinema and media and music and it's I I look forward to the evolution but I don't I don't know how quickly it's going to happen but having these conversations and talking about the the disparaging differences between everybody's experiences is super important Um, and if, if we're not talking about it then we're we are complicit. And exactly. So thank exactly. you for bringing this up. And oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Silence is complicity. You know. Yes. Not, that's and silence is violence too. So, Amen. yeah, it's very important. Yeah, and and you know, the other big important thing is, like you said, to have positive representation. You know, just, not just representation, but positive representation as well. And that's, yeah. that's a big thing that we have to do. And we have to quit, you know, we have to quit with the whole barrier gaze trope. We have to quit with queer baiting. Mm-hmm. We have to quit with the white savior trope. We have to, you know, there's all these things that we have to stop doing. And a big way that we can do that um, is, you know, money talks. So, you know, yeah. put your money and your time behind things that, uh, won't harm and hurt people as much or and speaking out is the other big thing you know absolutely like we've said about it a million times so yeah and and of course with these big media conglomerates and and chains it's really hard to speak out against them when there's so few voices that are mm-hmm. that will join you and it's like okay well they're this huge huge corporation this big company this big conglomerate what impact does one voice have? But then I, I know I fall, fall into this. I'm like, well, you know, I, there's not much I personally can do. But when, yeah. you, when you think about it, if it's just a matter of one more person, it is that tipping point. It is that tipping point that's going to get us to one from one side to the other. So you never know what the power of one voice can have to get us to the other side of the fence. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Well, um, we are definitely going to do more on this subject at some point and definitely do it. I mean, when we do our supernatural episode, we'll be talking about it again. We're going to talk about some of these movies and shows in depth at some point as well, um, because there's a lot to discuss and to take apart within this and a lot of toxic tropes. And I do at one point, though, do want to talk about some positive changes as well so and hopefully there'll be more examples in the future yeah, of, of that course. So, and i think it'd be yeah. interesting to not just do queer baiting but more of minority baiting oh yeah as a whole yeah. so mm-hmm. that that makes it a little bit more expansive and so maybe we can actually get somebody just my suggestion would get people to represent the um, lgbt community the people of color community yeah and the disability community or there's I'm sure there's so many others um, I, I know I can definitely speak for the veterans community and how the image of the veteran is constantly stolen and 
um, leveraged for specific propelling of media and so that's <clears throat> that's definitely something I would I would love to speak out about too yeah definitely I'm gonna put that down on my on my list yeah yeah it's very important that you know we do that on here too I mean we're not the biggest voice in the room but it's a voice in the room so we need to yeah. I need to use that voice that's that's why I've been opening everyone's speaking out because I still have a lot of work to do I still have a lot of stuff that I could change and do and work on and so you know I've always been of the belief if you have any kind of platform it is your duty to use that platform for this I just I just have always thought that that's why it always it, it always infuriates me when people get mad at celebrities or people when they speak out on things I'm like well frankly I think they should I mean they have that privilege Absolutely. I mean that's a big privilege and I know some have even said well I have a privilege I have this platform I should use it for good I should use it for that and I think you know right. when they're silent it does more harm but that's just exactly and I can uh, definitely reiterate that that I am nothing but opportunity I'm not perfect and I definitely strive to do my best and, and leverage my privilege and my my ability as much as possible and i'm a firm believer of us being a bearing witness to people's experiences and knowing what that experience is so that way we can speak on their behalf and in support of and the more informed we are we can be a better ally and um, it's it's not our responsibility to uh, we're not responsible for other people, but we are responsible to them. And there's a big difference to, in, in yes. that. Um, and so I think it's important that we be responsible to each other and hold each other accountable and not be afraid to speak up and use our voice, whether we're just one person in the room or uh, a whole group or a whole entire movement. We All of our voices matter and it can be scary at times and I totally understand that. And I've, I've had my instances of uh, standing up for people of color or people who are transgender and uh, knowing that my privilege is definitely something I can leverage. And it's terrifying and it may not be received the way that I intend, but we definitely have a responsibility and it's nothing but a learning experience. So exactly. we all need to keep moving forward. Exactly. Okay, well, on that note, um, which is a great note to end on, um, let's go around. Well, not around. <laughs> my one-man panel. My one-man one panel. Um, so if you want to just let everybody know where they can find you, Sarah. Yes, I can be found on Facebook, and I actually found my actual name on there. It's sarah.e.alder on Facebook, and um, definitely open to further discussion and you're welcome to friend me, follow me, whatever capacity, but that's the only social media platform I'm on. Uh, one's plenty. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April beauty, the E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. And if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email the show at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. Um, and next week we are going to be continuing our celebration of pride with two new episodes. The first one will be about the show pose, which I do also want to throw out there that tonight, since this is dropping on the 11th tonight at 8 30 PM mountain standard time, we're going to be hosting a Netflix watch party to celebrate the release of the second season of pose. We're actually going to be watching the series pilot. So if you've never watched pose or if you want to rewatch the pilot with us, please feel free to join in. And then also that will give you time since season two is dropping uh, today. It'll give you time to catch up before the episode is released next week. So you won't be spoiled. Um, and then after that, we are going to be doing a show about a local comic book store here, Mile High Comics. It's local here in Colorado. And we're going to be talking about that and the um, family-friendly drag show that they put on there. And um, also about the Parasol Patrol that um, helps with that, helps to shield kids from 
horrible protesters there. So we're going to have some amazing guests on that show. I'm very excited about that episode. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.